This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends, to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 552 of this fine program for July 12th, 2022. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined, as always, by my fellow Unlocked panelists, Miranda Sanchez, Stella Chung, and Destin Legary. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Good to see everyone. Uh, real quick, uh, housekeeping note before we get started. IGN is returning to San Diego Comic-Con in person. We're going to be there. Not us, us, but us, IGN, us. It's July 20th to July 24th, so it's coming up soon. We will be on hand to bring you all of the latest in the world of movies, TV, comics, any game stuff that shows up, and more. So catch our live show, because we'll be there broadcasting live on-site Friday and Saturday, so July 22nd and 23rd. That's going to be streaming across all any and all IGN platforms. So IGN.com, YouTube.com slash IGN, Twitch.tv slash IGN, et cetera, et cetera. So don't miss out on the Comic-Con goodness. Uh, speaking of goodness, I got my Steam Deck. It's like just it's just hiding over there in its, in its case. So I just wanted to brag about that for a minute. Yay! Deck, it's super cool. I was about to say, I should go grab mine. And we can just like show them on the screen. It's like, look, yeah, they're friends now. <laughs> if, if Microsoft, so I know we've talked about this before, but if Microsoft is serious about their whole, we want to put our games where players are, we need that native Xbox Game Pass app on yes. the Steam Deck. Proton compatible. We need to get Master Chief Collection and Halo Infinite to drop their Proton unfriendly anti-cheat devices and figure something else out. Right, Miranda, we need game. If, if this thing gets game pass, it just, it turns, it, it takes game pass to a whole new level. Seriously. No, absolutely. I'd be so happy. I know, uh, steam decks are still rolling out pretty slowly. They, they did have some messaging that they're getting a lot more in stock soon and trying to make yeah. sure that the folks who did already pre-order will be getting them sooner rather than later, uh, which is great. But I completely agree. It'd be so nice to have that. So it, it's nice that I can already access all my Steam library. So, you know, finally making my way through a bunch of backlog games. But there's an even bigger backlog on Game Pass. And if, true. if I can just have access, make my life a lot easier so I can please. go play in bed. Microsoft, please. Phil Spencer <laughs> listening at the dog park on the weekend right now. <laughs> get, get some, dedicate some engineering resources to this. That's all we ask. Uh, no, you're right, Miranda. The... Valve did say they've they've managed to double Steam Deck production, uh, which is why. So I was in the Q3 group, and to put that in perspective, I was a day one reservation, uh, mm. about two hours into after they opened up because I just literally couldn't get through on the website, and it and that put me all the way back in Q3 because this thing came out. It started officially releasing, started shipping out to people in December. So it's been a long time already, and it's yeah, it's still taking quite a while to to get to everybody's pre-orders and, and get the production rolling, but it is happening. It is coming. And yeah, it is, uh, Miranda, what's the, what's like the strangest thing you've tried to get it to run from your library that, that, that you've actually had success, that it just totally ran. Uh, I think most things I've run have been fine. I've honestly yeah. been trying to get things that are more optimized for it. So for instance, yeah. Disco Elysium is kind of a perfect place to play this. Even though the text is kind of small, I'd still rather play it there because then it's a, it's a very long 
lot of reading story games. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be on my PC for this. I'm going to go cut up my like reading corner and get it there. So that's honestly been the best thing. I haven't tinkered with adding games that aren't available or like getting windows installed and then doing all those backwards right. nonsense. I'm like, no, 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 I don't have time for that. I, I mean, I can, but I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that life. So I know, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm a little uh, gun shy on, on like using it as a proper PC and, and sort of <laughs> moving past its, its initial like UI. But um, yeah, I tried full throttle remastered, mm -hmm. you know, the recent just, you know, double fine Microsoft game and the game booted up fine, but I had zero audio. So that, oh, and it no. was, I think rated, it wasn't rated as like a verified steam deck game. I just tried it. But then for, for the Xbox fans listening who are like, why are you talking about a PC device right now? I did try, uh, I was just looking through my library. Like what's, what's in here? What would I want to try on this thing? Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. So the, the <laughs> PC version of Splinter Cell Chaos Theory from God knows how long ago, whether it was 2005 or slightly after for the PC build, worked fine. And it was like, oh, I'm playing Chaos Theory and I can take it anywhere I want now. So that nice. made me happy. All, all this B most of this B-roll is mine, not Splinter Cell. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was playing Forza Horizon 5 on that without installing Windows or anything. Yeah, and it ran pretty good. There's a Steam version of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's not like rated for the platform. Right. So some people say it gets a little wonky the more you go in. But I did the opening mission in like one race, and it was great. Yeah, so, I'm gonna have to buy it on Steam just for that. You know, that's, so. that's the hard part. It's like, do I start double, double purchasing? Yeah. 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 Uh, worth you it. To buy it. Some of these I, great games. I don't think you need uh, to buy it. I think something pops up and you sign into Xbox, and then you can just play it because it's part of Game Pass. Oh. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know about that, Destin. We're gonna have to get our fact checkers behind the scenes on that one because i'm not i don't think there's oh there's cross like overlap between the steam build and the and the windows build i'd love aaron, to be aaron, Green, aaron greenberg did post something about how this works well all right well i'll still get up but speaking very quickly of fact checking uh, a kind listener did correct me last week i think i said on accident that overwatch characters you had to purchase and that is incorrect it is that you just have to purchase loot boxes to get any cosmetics basically. So like, it's just very loot box heavy. And that was what I was originally irritated about. It's like, you're going to have to make me pay for this, at least give it a little bit easier to get these cosmetics or like do something different. But that was a launch thing that I had an issue with. Still a quick correction there. I was going to make a Mass correction. Effect yeah. joke, but <laughs> what? I was going to make a Mass Effect joke. You're like, a fan wrote in and corrected me. That <laughs> was bad. No, I'm just kidding. Most people no. are on your side. So. No, but yeah. I also on that, a very quick discussion on that. It's not that you can't not like the Citadel. I think there's just, it's just very funny because it, it, it does seem separate to people who do like this sort of thing versus who don't. Yeah. And like, people it, think we hate each other now, by the way. And that's so weird. I'm like, yeah. no. As soon as you disagree yeah. on a show, that must be. Well, it's <laughs> to be fair. Like, we live in this polarized society now where it's like yeah. you're either all for one thing, you're all one thing, or you're all another. And it's like, no, that's not how real life works. It's, <laughs> you can, you, we're not all like, completely in line with the same stuff. Life would be pretty boring if that yeah. were the case. Yeah, I've seen so many people say, oh my God, like Stella's so hard on Destiny. I was like, no, that's our dynamic. Like yeah. you don't understand. We all respect each other here most of the time. And <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's just one of those things like just because we disagree kind of, it doesn't mean that we hate each other. It just means that we have really good conversations. That's yeah. why you listen to this podcast. Yeah, I was sick last week. So I wonder if I gave off like a vibe, so. 
Anyway, I'm better Stella, now. It sounds like hey. Stella caught whatever you had. Are you are you a little under the weather over there? Your voice sounds a little off. I, so, no, because I was away uh, at ALGS all weekend. Uh, um, so the the Apex Championship. It was a lot of streaming. Um, actually, and real quick, I just want to say um, a lot of yeah, thank you. A lot of people who noticed and, and like came up to me and took pictures and stuff. And they're like, Oh my God, like I love you on unlocked. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Like I forget the name of the guy, but he drove two hours because he saw that I was at Raleigh and, and told me that he loved me on unlocked, that it was great that I bring in more competitive FPS uh, perspectives. And it made me very happy. So thank you all for coming up to me and saying hi. <laughs> that is cool to hear. love. That's uh, got to appreciate the love. I mean, that's, that's that's awesome that somebody drove that far to come come say hi. That's, two uh, that's hours. Really I don't cool. I don't want to drive two hours. <laughs> I, I love this panel. It's great. Yeah. All right, uh, it's love fest here. We all we all have <laughs> a lot of mutual love and respect. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that we all love. Uh, this this uh, I, I'm really curious to hear from the the youth on the panel, meaning <laughs> just because. Destin and I are old enough to have lived through oh. this in real time as it happened. But no, this. I would never have expected this. This is our headline story. You already know what I'm talking about just from clicking on the thumbnail for this thing or, or reading the title. But 343 is bringing back the iconic E3 2003 Earth City demo of Halo 2 that they showed off in, you know, they nobody got to play. It was a hands-off theater demo. Like they did have, like it was a real thing where somebody was in the booth driving the demo all day, every day for the duration of E3. <laughs> but uh, this, of course, famously never made it into the game, never made it out. Uh, we've kind of learned a lot about it over the years since that it just, because it was so early, remember the game didn't come out till November of 2004. And Halo 2 also kind of famously, but you know, not great for the health of the Bungie people at the time, unfortunately, kind of ended up being more or less started over about a year in advance so it's like everything that that was in this earth city demo just got completely wiped out and never saw the light of day uh but destin i want to go to you first so this demo e3 2003 it was yeah it blew it blew everybody's minds at the time that this was like it looked visually at the time i know you know looking at it now it's like oh it doesn't it looks like crap now yeah because it's <laughs> 40 by 480 from 15 years ago or whatever it is now more than that almost 20. um but this was this was really something else at the time destin yeah it was really really cool uh this sort of gameplay just was unprecedented for its time right like being able to dual wield was a big deal being able to hijack vehicles was a big deal this was like really 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 cool and the iconic lines you know from the demo are just very memorable I think people miss. I yeah, will. right. I oh, goosebumps. So good. Releasing this demo is really interesting because I think it's going to play terribly. And I remember, and they yeah. talked, yeah, they talked <laughs> about like how it was like, they were terrified it was going to crash. Yeah, and if you turned in the wrong way. direction, there'd be nothing there and it would crash. So hopefully they've addressed those issues because <laughs> otherwise they're just, you're just going to get this super terrible, <laughs> janky, held together with duct tape demo you know and uh i would rather remember it like this than uh <laughs> than play it if it's broken but i i'm going to make an assumption that they fixed it and well, uh, i'll be able to capture this for ign put it on the website so everybody can uh see 
uh, take a trip down memory lane, so to speak. I think I actually captured this clip probably running from IGN.com. Well, yeah, so what we're watching it. now, if you're if you're with us on video, this is uh, 343, Brian Gerard, who was at, he was the community guy at Bungie back in the Halo two days, had left and left for a while, and then he came back to Halo. He works at 343 now and has been back at 343 for a while. So he sat down with uh, with my former OXM colleague, Frank O'Connor, who of course has been with Halo. He's the franchise narrative lead now and has been for years. And they they found a dev kit and that's what we're watching. They For like a, I don't know if it was for a bungee day or or if it was a Halo anniversary that they actually like fired this dev kit up and live streamed playing this demo. So that's what, that's that's cool. what we're looking at. I, I don't think people understand just like how big of a moment this was or maybe like our younger viewers don't uh miranda you're as big as a halo fan as i am do you remember this when it was revealed because for me i was like losing my mind at the time weirdly i don't because so when halo came out i was still pretty young and i wasn't technically allowed to play the first one but my dad let me like he snuck me in and that's that's like a, it's like a core memory for me right it's just like i finally get to play this really cool like violent game i'm not supposed to we're sneaking in um so halo at that time for me and with halo 2 that was also sort of like i'm finally getting permission to get to play these things so i wasn't really in the know with a lot of the xbox games aside from like fusion frenzy and other things that i think were a little bit more um at the time maybe assumed to be age appropriate for when I was then. So I didn't get to see this, which is such a shame. So watching this presentation though, and seeing this whole video, cause I watched this whole video with audio and stuff and of course funny, but it's neat to see how much their vision for Halo 2 changed. And in a way, I feel like a lot of my memories are preserved from my impressions of Halo 2. Cause I know there is a lot of discussion around the fact that you're not always playing as a chief. I, have heard you both talk about that a bit and for me when that happened i was like what this is so cool and uh, that maybe isn't everybody's reaction so uh Hello. stella what do you remember i know you know you're newer to halo in general <laughs> but like yeah do you, I mean, you um, even if you don't remember this demo necessarily like no. do you remember much <laughs> about the the insane hype for halo 2 at the time um, so let's see, what, what year was this again? Well, this demo was 2003 and then it came out the next year. Okay. Uh, well, I believe I was in middle school. So, um, <laughs> I think I had a lot of my friends, my, my guy friends were very excited about it. Um, at least the ones that like, you know, their parents let them play games. So I kind of learned through it through them. Um, and I, I kind of just remember big phases of video games in high school and middle school from when like the boys would just like constantly be running around with like the shirts and like, you know, quoting Master Chief or like, uh, uh, what was it? Um, when Assassin's Creed came out, like, you know, they all got the hoodies and stuff. <laughs> so um, I do remember like the big explosion of Halo, just like, oh my God, yeah, we're going to come over. Like we're going to drink our Coca-Colas and we're going to stay up to like, 10 because that's however late we were allowed to stay up and like you know, play <laughs> halo and, and and like you know everyone would bring their xboxes over and stuff so i do remember that but like for me i wasn't really able to game so i kind of missed all of this which kind of sucks but um as someone who missed it i'm just like oh i see this was kind of a big deal so it's kind of nice to be able to relive that but i also see dustin's side of like if it if it was that big of a deal and it had so many issues like I would definitely like to remember it as it was in that big moment, because I don't know if you can capture that again, you know? Yeah. Well, so I, I completely <laughs> respect where 
the two of you are coming from on wanting to preserve the memory. For me, uh, it's been long enough now where I'm happy to go like see the you know man behind the curtain type situation mm -hmm. on this and, and and actually get to play it because you know when you're for me there's a little extra something here because E3 2003 happened to be my first E3. I had gotten hired at Official Xbox Magazine in the fall of 2002. So E3 2003, it's my first one. And it's like, oh, I'm going into this behind closed doors theater demo of Halo 2. And you know, they were playing it live. There was no, you know, there was no fakery going on. And it was just such a, and, and we were, I mean, at OXM, Halo was life and everything else was just like, the side courses, you know, Halo was the meal that that we uh, nourished on on a daily basis. I mean, we we played Halo One multiplayer every day at five o'clock, and that's not a, that's not an exaggeration. Like literally, five o'clock ish would roll around, uh, and you'd hear someone booting up Halo One. You'd hear the the bungee. Uh, little video, the little bungee logo come up, and then you'd hear the chanting monks from the start screen. <laughs> and like Pavlovian dogs go, oh, okay. And then just like put down what they're doing and play the game. So seeing Halo 2 for the first time was, was just so incredible. And this demo was so mind blowing. So to, to give you a little context, IGN at the time, so in IGN's preview of Halo 2 from E3 2003, that they wrote, you know, from the show floor, they said, quote, there's little in the eight minute demo that isn't worthy of awe. So it wow. was, it was <laughs> back, wow. in, yeah. back in 2003. Uh, so this, this project, for a little more context on what 343 is doing here, this is part of the Dig Site project. That's the code name for this Dig Site, which will also bring back pre release content from the original Halo. This will include a ton of different assets, including previously unseen models, vehicles, NPCs, weapons, and even levels. Earth wow. City headlines the package, though, finally letting fans have a shot at the famous demo after nearly two decades. There's a key part of this, too. While 343 is definitely hoping to bring it to each version of the Master Chief Collection, it said it can't make promises about bringing it to console. This hmm. is because... And it is, a, in short, an absurdly difficult technical challenge. I mean, again, this is something that was on an original Xbox dev kit that never got put together into a final release, and they're now trying to bring it forward and put it out on a on a four console generations, I guess three console generations later. Uh, they say, this was not, this is a quote from 343, this was not a trivial process, and we should probably layer on a whole page of caveats that come with taking a demo map for an engine that no longer exists and getting it to not blow up the current light mapper, which is part of the rendering it. Uh, so this is just insane to me. And I love it for all of these reasons. And I wanna, anybody at 343 that's working on this right now, I wanna say thank you because you didn't have to do this. There's nothing about this that's like, required expected i don't i certainly didn't expect this i was just happy when frankie and and uh and brian live streamed it brian gerard live streamed it a, a few years ago whenever that was destin that you'd captured that yeah video but here we are and they're actually bringing this back 
Um, so, so yeah, like Destin, what are you going to, are, are you, you're going to play it. I mean, you're, you're not going to oh, I'll play it. it for sure. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. really curious about the halo one content. I didn't realize that was part of the package. Maybe that's like the super weird looking master chief. And we actually yeah. get to look at like the Apple demo from back in the day. Oh, I don't know. I, mean, that, I yeah. don't know if it goes back that far, but that would yeah. be pretty cool. Like what do they have from halo combat of all? Because for me, the original games are always the most interesting because they're still figuring out what Chief is going to be, what the game is going to be. I think there's dinosaurs in the original, if I, if I remember correctly. Or just like just some really weird stuff from the original Halo. So I'm very curious to see what they bring back from that one. And I'm definitely going to play this demo, yeah. Trivia within the show that doesn't count for trivia. This, I'm just quizzing you all instantly okay. right now. Can any of you name? Because this is this what I'm this what I'm about to say ties in. You know, they're talking about like old models, NPCs, vehicles, weapons. Can can you name the weapon that was original that was cut from Halo One that they did put into the official original Halo PC release that Gearbox did? Does anybody know the answer to that? Ooh, a weapon. A weapon. Cut from I, Halo One. Console. I have that PC release <laughs> in the box <laughs> still. Oh, the box. Yeah, the gearbox part. You guys yeah. remember when PC games came in boxes? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna oh say the God. same thing about. I mean, we're already saying the same thing about console about console games, really. Like, mm. not, not a, to... too much physical left, other than collector's editions. All right, nobody seems to know. The well, answer is yeah. the flamethrower. Oh, okay. It was oh. a flamethrower. Yeah, it got cut from the Xbox version, but then they put it in, and it's a like legit weapon in the in the pc version so i wonder if there's more stuff like that there were also i can tell you i wish i literally i don't even know where my oxm collection is and there's none of it's online um but in our original cover story for halo 2 uh which frank well that's so frank went up to bungie to do the cover story and then they hired him that's how <laughs> so, ah. <laughs> It's happened to me at IGN too. I've sent people, yeah, James Duggan. I've sent people to uh, to go cover games at studios, and then they never come back. Now I'm happy for all those people. But um, uh, in in OXM, this is the the 2003. Yeah, I guess it would have been the 2003 cover story. We had there's a spread in the magazine with assets that Bungie supplied, where uh, it showed off a few of. Uh, a few warthog variants that never made it into the game so that's why i'm wondering if this is going to be part of this too one of them was a uh a snow hog i don't know if that's i'm just making that name up but it had it had like snow treads tank kind of tank treads like a snowmobile and it had little going doors like a delorean so <laughs> it's, if you google it you can probably find pictures of it somewhere i'm sure but there's a lot of neat stuff that that you know was publicly shown and never made it into the final halo one or halo two so uh i can't i can't wait for this i don't know when it's coming if it's if it's going to be pc only that's fine I'm, I'm lucky to have a pc that can run this but i just thought this was the coolest thing ever i mean can any of you think of anything remotely close to this in the games industry where a developer has has kind of resurrected an old thing that never made it out like years mm -hmm. later for just as like a fan service thing. I don't think so. A developer? No, I'm not off the top of my head. 
No, usually it's like people find code and they unearth yeah. it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, not usually yeah, no, a dev. Is, it's, a, it's immensely cool that they're doing this, especially for folks like me who really love Halo. So I did the math and I was 11 when Halo 2 came out. <laughs> so so this demo, uh, you would have been like I was nine. 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, was, I think I was 10 based yeah. on when this would have aired. But um, so for people like me who just didn't have access to that maybe it's it's really cool to get to see that little bit of history i'm really excited because i actually have the halo encyclopedia coming in today i think nice. so i'm kind of curious to see how much of like the old stuff is in there versus just um official canon stuff that we have right now as well the only thing that's coming to mind for me is duke nukem forever which did you know in the sense that gearbox picked up the work that 3d realms had had left behind and then you know, finished it and put it out. And it was like, I don't know if any of you played Duke Nukem forever. No, I'm seeing nodding. Like no. it, no, it, was, not for me. it wasn't good, but <laughs> it, was, it was a thing I was really happy that I played through because it was, it was a rare example. And this, this Halo 2 E3 demo, I think will be another example. Duke Nukem forever was a, a you know, we don't often get to play like to actually play video game history, like in the sense, yeah. I mean, there are, there are amazing games that come out and then they become part of video game history. But something like Duke Nukem Forever, which was in development for 13 years, it was like it was like a, an interactive museum piece. It was like mm -hmm. walking through a video game history museum when you were playing Duke Nukem Forever, even though the game wasn't that good. Mm. Our super producer read on it. This is <laughs> we are looking at Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah, this I think was I uh, finished that game. It was bad. It was not great. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. Oh. But the whole you know, it was it was not a a very cohesive whole as you can uh probably guess from the fact that it was kind of pieced together over time. But yeah, that's that's what this is for, you know, if you're a Halo fan young or old, uh it is a chance to play a bit, little bit of Halo history. And I just think that's fantastic. And I am very grateful to 343 for undertaking this. I just think this is such an awesome thing to do that you know, we rarely get to see anything like this, judging as evidenced by the fact that none of us could come up with any other examples of this. So this would be like, this would be like Nintendo releasing that old uh, Dolphin tech demo for 128 Marios. Like that's, that's what this would be. And, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just Google it. It was a it was a tech demo for the early GameCube days of a Mario game that never came to be. But anyway, I can't wait for this, and I will be staying on top of the story. We'll uh, we'll let you know when when this is ready to roll, and you can download it and play it on either PC and or your console. All right, let's get poor Stella involved some more here. Let's 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 pivot to her expertise. Let's talk some Apex Legends. Uh, this this story made me very happy to read because uh, I, I had the same reaction to it, but I think a lot of people will, and we'll, we'll go through in a second. So according to recent job listings, Respawn Entertainment is currently hiring for, quote, an Apex Universe FPS incubation title <laughs> may very well be a single player game. So this was initially reported by uh, Dexerto, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Dexerto, I'm not Dexerto. sure. One of the is, hey. is how it's pronounced. Thank you very much for that. Uh, one of the job listings in question is for a senior engine slash systems engineer, C++, that will be uh, a, 
for that project. It's going to, quote, design, build, and maintain technology that enables the team to create engaging gameplay and fantastic experiences. Another job listing for a hard surface artist on this project mentions that Respawn is, quote, looking for a talented and experienced mid-level 3D hard surface artist to help build a brand new Respawn single-player adventure. There's the smoking gun. It's important to note that Respawn's hiring for this uh, alongside a just new game incubation team that may or may not be the same thing. And so, uh, Stella, I must go to you first before talking to fellow Titanfall superfan Miranda. Is this, I mean, is this just going to be Titanfall 3 but not called Titanfall 3? Is, if, is that what you want it to be? No. No, <laughs> um, uh, it is an insult that it is called the Apex Universe when we all know Titanfall came first, which like obviously Apex has taken over the world. I mean, having just seen the $2 million tournament uh, this weekend, which I understand Apex has more of a reach than Titanfall right now, but that that is an insult to the people who supported it since day one. That is that is not okay. And the story of Titanfall has just been incredible. Of course, Apex has brought in more lore to the story, which um, for a lot of people who don't know, um, Apex comes 30 years after the events of Titanfall 2. So a lot of things tie together in the universe. And we've had this discussion about how exactly would a Titanfall 3 even work, especially with the storytelling of Apex that is constantly ongoing. Um, and, and of course it's, it's like, it's going to be a weird struggle, but there is the theory, which if you check out any of my, uh, Apex lore videos, that, uh, Apex actually takes place in an alternate dimension from Titanfall 2's events. Uh, and so there's, there's that sort of theory going on. So they could take on the Apex universe as an alternate dimension, right? They could do that, which is really cool. Um, so in that case, I'll be okay with them calling it the Apex universe, but you know. <laughs> Until we find out more, it is it is a Titanfall universe. Thank you very much. <laughs> Watching this, so again for our audio listeners, we, our super producer Red has has Titanfall two gameplay up. Uh, this I I now really really want to play through Titanfall two single player again after watching. In fact, I'm going to download it on my Steam Deck. You guys keep talking. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's like a craving, right? Like you you see a, a yeah. very tasty snack in front of you. It's like I could I could take. Some of that that'd be great that's how i feel every time i see time fall too it's like oh what if i just play this instead <laughs> yeah it's just so fluid and it's good. it's it's a good it's a good story um it, it does suck that the first Titanfall uh, did not get as much love in the in the environment that I was released in because now i mean battlefield 2042 didn't even have a campaign and it still sold but of course, with Titanfall 1, people are like, oh, this is, what What do you mean I have to play mission? Like, I have to play multiplayer missions to get the story. And, and, and now looking at it, it's like, oh, that would have been fine in this environment. That actually would have been great. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, I would love another game. And I, I wouldn't mind if they tried something new with it too. But I don't know. I don't know how it's going to continue on with the story in Apex being grown as well. Right. And I think as you're saying too, like there's so many lore opportunities with Apex and obviously they've worked really hard to build that out. They have beautiful cinematics and like great character connections and good comics. Um, I, I think the thing that for me, I would be bummed out about this is that I just want to, I just want to play with some Titans guys. Like that's all, yeah. what it comes down to. Like I <laughs> love, love what we get 
with the Legends and Apex Legends. Like their their abilities are really cool. They're really cool characters. But what if we put a few of them in some Titans? <laughs> and like there are opportunities for that where folks do have obviously we just saw Ash, but there's like a a history with those Titans, um, and them and a lot of the tech that we know, of course, because it is still within the same universe. Maybe who knows? Um, but uh, I I do think that's what. I would lament should we only get an Apex game. Though I think I would be even more excited to also have an Apex game. But why can't we just have both is what I'm going to say. Because I am somebody who laps really hard from Apex, not because I didn't like it, but just because I don't necessarily have the time to keep up with it. And I think the story and the characters they build are really interesting. But I just don't, I just, you know, we only have so much time every day. And to try to keep up with this and on top of everything else is unfortunately a little too challenging. So if they do do a single player thing, then it's, I think, something to celebrate for fans who have had that lapse and can jump back into the story to know more about the characters. Yeah, and also Apex's stories are not as easily found sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, they do have the cinematic shorts, but there's also, like, the in-game comics and stuff that not everyone can keep up with. So it would be really cool to have something um, like this, especially with the, I think it was Season 5 when they came out with... um, their first real story, like in-game thing where you could go in with your group or just by yourself and you could play through stuff to earn uh, story-based things, which I think they were experimenting with. And that seems like a path that they could take, um, which would be just like a campaign for Apex, which could be really cool. Um, so I, I don't know. I think that it would be really interesting to see if they do continue the story from Apex. But also, real quick, I want to say uh, people love Titanfall 2 multiplayer still, and a lot of people who play Apex want to come over and play Titanfall 2. But because the servers are constantly being DDoSed, like they're not able to actually participate and enjoy this game that still has dedicated players. And the fact that the community had to make a mod that actually makes it playable is ridiculous. And I know that there have been public outcries asking Respawn to please fix the servers, make sure that they're safe because they're being DDoSed every so often and they can't play, even on consoles. Um, so before I get, before we get a single player story, which I would love a Titanfall 3 or even like an Apex storyline, please focus on the servers because people love your game and people are constantly coming over to the game because Titanfall 2 is very uh, inexpensive right now, but people can't play and they can't enjoy the Titans. And, and that's like the best part of this FPS thing. So please fix it. <laughs> I'm downloading Titanfall 2 right now. I bought it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Doing it. 30 bucks. I mean, 30 bucks is like, I'm surprised it was kind of that much for a game now that that game's getting pretty old, but that's okay. It goes on sale it. a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. $5 sales. <laughs> I mean, portable Titanfall 2. I can't really, can't really argue against that. It's worth um, it. But yeah, I, whether if this, I don't care what it's called, but if it is basically Titanfall 3, I'm going to be over the moon because. Again, to we've said this a million times before, but it's worth bringing up when the when we get the organic chance to do so. Titanfall Two is probably one of the best first-person shooter campaigns. In, I mean, it, it's definitely one of the best in the last ten years. It's it's probably just on the short list of of best FPS campaigns ever. Like, it's mm-hmm. would you guys agree with that? Like, it's that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Destin. Hey. It's popular. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, now we're gonna... face over there. I was like, no, come on. You got to get in on this. Now we're going to have problems. Uh, <laughs> I like the TMD level. Well, yeah. yeah. It's uh there's a very there's a particularly awesome twist in Titanfall 2's campaign that's uh that, that makes everybody happy when they play it. And our friend like just yeah, watching the footage earlier, it's like 
Oh, I miss BT, not just Brandon Tyrell, our, our yes. departed coworker, <laughs> but BT, the Titan. He's so cool. Um, we yeah, need to... and at the, at the end of the campaign, it, it, he signals Cooper. And we got that so many years ago. We're like, oh, confirmed, Titanfall 3 is going to happen. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> All right. This will be done soon. Uh, I guess I've got a show to do before I can play Titanfall. <laughs> um, let's talk about the next game on the list, which is Skull and Bones. Um, yeah, we'll see if... I, I'm curious if we'll have quite the love fest for Skull and Bones that we just had for Apex Legends slash Titanfall. Ubisoft has announced a release date for Skull and Bones. Yes, let me repeat that again slowly, and just in case you're checking to see if your ear's full of gunk. Ubisoft announced a release date this year for Skull and Bones, the game that's been uh, in development for, oh, half an eon or so. At Skull and Bones will be released on November 8th. Here's a somewhat interesting part. I, I personally wasn't expecting this after it's been in development for so many years. It's going to be a next-gen-only game, so no Xbox One release on this one. Just Series X, Series S, PS5, and PC. It was announced in 2017 though of course it began development well before that it was originally based on the naval combat of many people's favorite assassin's creed game which was assassin's creed 4 black flag skull and bones faced numerous delays missing its initial 2018 release window and every subsequent year after that until now uh, in Skull and Bones, players will captain their own pirate ships. You'll accept contracts, gather resources, sail the high seas while attacking merchant ships for loot. Different choices will influence a player's journey while going up in the pirate ranks. will open up new customization for your ships. Set during the second golden age of piracy, players can also team up with two friends and enable PvP to face opponents in the open waters. So... Uh, my, and by the way, Ubisoft's also promising a robust multi-year post-launch roadmap with regular updates, new content, activities, stories, and challenges all for free. I hope all of you had a chance to watch the gameplay reveal. They streamed it. They did a whole event, uh, like a live stream event, like a 30-minute thing out of this. I uh, Before I give my opinion, I would like to hear from Miranda first on this. One of the things that stood out to me is the reiteration of the systems in this, which is good to see because I think everyone needed a little bit of a refresher. I love that there's an option to enable PvP. Like I don't just have to go in and be at risk all the time. Um, I think too, they were they were really good about explaining again the systems of what happens when your ship sinks, which it's like, we don't want to face this reality, but ultimately your ship's probably gonna sink at some point. Like what's gonna happen? And I do like that it's not so much of a huge setback like there are consequences but it's nothing that's going to ruin your time especially if you've invested a lot of time to build up your ship and your folks um i i'd like that if you don't feed your crew they'll mutiny <laughs> like just like little things like that there's a lot of those details also there's like a merchant you can go to and they like sell illegal things and they show them selling sugar i was like okay but what, what other illegal things are there um it's just kind of an interesting system. I don't know if this game is for me, but I do appreciate what they're doing with it. Like, if you want to get that um, Steve Bonnet adventure in, that's a, that's a show. He, he's a gentleman pirate. If you want to be a gentleman pirate, you can, too, be a gentleman pirate. Or not a gentleman. Um, I do like that they were also saying, like, oh, well, you can, like, strategize different builds with people. And 
I could see very easily one of the things they mentioned was that you can like really armor up and have like a ton of guns, but you're gonna be slower. It's gonna be harder to navigate. But then you can also do one that's like a lot faster and better to navigate, or like more. Um, I guess yeah, sort of like navigation. Yeah, more maneuverable. Like yeah, exactly. And so if you have like maybe that to, that group that pairing, you have somebody who kind of leads in the front, and then the other person comes in the back and just like blows blows other ships out of the water. Should be good. Stella, your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I don't think this game. I don't think this game's for me. Um, it feels a little too like uh, what is it? Manager Simsy with with your crew. So for me, I'm like not as into that. I think for me, Sea of Thieves is something that's more appealing, uh, even with the graphic difference, which this looks great. Uh, but for me, I kind of like the freedom of you know having my crew be my friends um, and you know having to patch up holes ourselves and stuff. I do like that. I think this looks pretty good. Uh, I'm glad that they were to show so much robust gameplay, which is great. So I think for a lot of people who like delving into, uh, you know, managing a bunch of NPCs and stuff, I think this is going to be great. There's a lot for them to focus on. So I think it'll be good for people who want to sink a lot of time into this game. But for me, it's, it's not for me. Um, but it looks pretty. And I, I hope it plays just as great as the gameplay they showed us. So. Interesting. I, I actually thought it didn't look very pretty from a, for, for being a next gen only game. Um, but I'll, oh, I'll save fair. my thoughts <laughs> for, uh, so we have, we have two not for me's so far, which is a very <laughs> respectful way to, way to explain it for both of you. I appreciate that. Destin, where did you uh, land with this one based on its gameplay reveal? Well, I think if you're into Sea of Thieves and you want a little bit more RPG or strategizing in your in your seafaring battles, this looks like a great game that is going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. I'm getting a little bit of EVE Online vibes, like yeah. the walking around on the islands and stuff like that, a little bit of Assassin's Creed. It does seem like they've done a lot from where they were years ago, where it was constantly getting delayed, to where they are today. So I think this is going to be... A really, really fun game for players who like these naval battles, who really have been waiting for something to give them a little bit more of a challenge, a little bit more of um, an option to sort of play a sim or an RPG-type Pirates game. So I'm excited to see the crazy builds people make and the, the combat that's going to be happening online and just see people... I think people are really going to get into this game, just based on traffic for what Skull and Bones has done for us over the years. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a huge audience for this. And, and it's kind of exciting that uh, Ubisoft went back to the drawing board and really looked at how they can change it to make a better product at the end of the day. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, well said. And I'll kind of add to that by saying, first, before I give my my take on it, I, I do want to give Ubisoft a lot of credit for sticking with this game because... There, a lot of publishers probably would have canceled this game three years ago if it was clearly not, you know, it took a while for this game to find its voice, find its way. And so, you know, kudos to Ubisoft for seeing it through and, and sticking with this. And, and hopefully the game that we're going to get is, is something enjoyable. For me, I, I won't say I didn't like the game. I, I wasn't won over by the live stream reveal. So I watched it. They opened with uh, a pretty like I don't want, I'm gonna be I want to be respectful, but it's like it was a it was a developer interview that they opened the stream with, where they're like on a fake you know green screened pirate ship, 
And it's when a publisher is doing a developer interview, you know, it's all pre-written answers and it just doesn't come off as very organic. I, th I thought they should have showed, they should have started it with the gameplay trailer and then gone into the interview, gone into the, the, the developer interview. So I thought they could have presented it better, but I, I wanted to just see more just raw gameplay of this, uh, maybe with some developer narration of really walking through what this is. I think uh, I think this could find a lot of life on the PC. And the reason I say that is because the you guys were all kind of hitting on the, the simier RPG management aspects of this, which the PC gaming crowd, there, there's more of an audience for that genre on PC than there is on consoles. Um, for me personally, again, based on what I've seen, I, I'm, I'm with all of you. It's, it's not for me, I don't think. Uh, I would rather play Sea of Thieves than this. That is more my kind of game, my speed. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm not writing it off by any means just yet. I do want to see like a, a longer cut of gameplay and and maybe get a chance to play it for myself at some point. But uh, it's I, I'm glad it won't be held back by old consoles. Number one, I mean that does make me happy, even though I don't think it necessarily looks amazing. Like Sea of Thieves. I guess technically speaking, isn't like a gorgeous game, but the art style is so great. It's such a sort of um, distinct art style in Sea of Thieves that I do think that game's beautiful. Whereas this, like, this looks fine. Um, but yeah, I, I'm glad it's coming out. It's <laughs> it happens to be coming out the day before the single biggest release of the fall, which is not an Xbox game. That would be God of War Ragnarok in this particular case. So yeah. I know those are. Those are two very, very different video games, but um, you got to figure that they're going to struggle to find PlayStation players <laughs> right at launch because a lot of PlayStation players are probably going to go, um, I'm going to buy God of War Ragnarok. Maybe I'll look at this other, uh, this other Skull and Bones thing later, but you know, on the PC side, on the Xbox side, I'll be curious to see how people respond to this game. All right. Let's see here. We've got time for maybe one more quick story. Yeah, this is a good one. So Microsoft has announced that Xbox Games with Gold will no longer include Xbox 360 games starting in October. In an email to users, Microsoft said, beginning October 1st, the monthly games provided to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Xbox Live Gold members via Games with Gold will no longer include Xbox 360 titles. We have reached the limit of our ability to bring Xbox 360 games to the catalog. However, Games with Gold will continue to include exciting Xbox One titles and exclusive savings each month. This will not impact any Xbox 360 games that you download before October 2022. Any 360 titles that you redeem via Games with Gold before that time are yours to keep on your Xbox account, regardless of whether you continue your subscription. Destin, your thoughts on this one? I think it's great. I mean, it makes uh, it's obvious like they've gone through all the 360 titles that they're able to bring to the service, and they're just saying, "Hey, that's it." The same way that they also called out, like, "Hey, we can't do any more backwards compatible titles, so uh, that's it for our backwards compatible titles." I really appreciate the transparency. I especially appreciate that as long as I downloaded them at some time, I'll be able to download them anytime I want because there's a lot of good. 360 games that did come to the service. Oh yeah. So kudos to Microsoft for doing this. 
and for giving us a heads up that all the games we're going to get going forward are on the Xbox One and and uh, newer consoles. So great, Miranda. What do you think about this? I like the way that Dustin framed this because it also kind of brings to the point that at some point there is an end, right? Like you you, you get to done the thing. We're not going to go back and restart from the beginning, right? And I think that's that is the right play. Um, the messaging is good. Again, as Justin said, having a good early heads up on like what to expect from it. You're not losing your games. It's just you know moving on to the next thing, and that that makes a lot of sense. So, a good overall messaging, and I don't know. Onward into the future, I suppose. Stella, I, I we're we're a couple generations removed now from the 360, so it's like I don't think you can be too mad at Microsoft on this one, right? No, not really. I mean, I'm I'm just like, okay, cool. I I wasn't really participating in downloading those games. So for me, I'm like, that's fine. Um, I'm glad that people will still have access to the games that they had. Um, so that's good. And yeah, honestly, for me, transparency and communicating with your community is the biggest thing. Um, because we're kind of seeing Ubisoft going through this thing right now, too. So the fact that this was handled way in advance and a lot better and smoothly and it like made sense. And the fact that people will still have access to their games is pretty big comparative comparative to what is going on with the uh, Ubisoft games. So I'm just pulling up, trying to pull up a good quick list of some of the 360 games that have been in games with gold over the years. Because <laughs> over the years, Fable 3, Assassin's Creed 2, Crackdown, Dead Rising 2, <laughs> Rainbow Six Vegas, uh, Halo 3 was in there at one point. Uh, let's see. Gears of War One, Miranda was is in there. This is this is actually going year by yeah. year. So this is going. I mean, Sleeping Dogs, Dead Island, uh, Sid Meier's Civilization Revolution, which was an excellent video game. Hitman Absolution, Deadlight, Dust and Elysian Tales, Saints Row Three, Dark Souls. Like, <laughs> I am bummed I missed a few of those, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go through this like because I could just keep going and going. Uh, but this is a pretty like. That's that's just part of two years, the the first two years that I read to you. Yeah. I know, you know, sure you could you could say, well, the last couple of years have not exactly been amazing for games with gold, but over time, if you've been a gold subscriber, you've had access to a ton of free games that can if you claimed them in the moment, they're all in your account forever now, which is uh which is pretty commendable on for Microsoft's part. So uh we we uh, bid you adieu, Xbox 360, but we're glad that the games will always remain compatible and playable on our modern Microsoft consoles. All right, before we get out of here, let's do some trivia because the trivia race, as we saw last week, tightened up, which is great to see here as we head into the second half of 2022. This one, I have to say, uh, another moment I lived through as a, as a working professional, but I did not know this one off the top of my head. I'll be curious if any of you remember this, or if not, we'll see who guesses well. <laughs> Julian, AKA the gluten-free gamer, whose gamer tag is GJSkills02, asks this, which one of these 2007 franchise debuts that appeared on the 360 included an achievement for watching the credits? Now, those, as you may remember from back in those early 360 days, before everybody really got a good feel for what achievements are are good and which ones are uh, maybe not as good. <laughs> there were some interesting ideas tried out with achievements. 
and one of these four games gave you an achievement if you watched the credits, which actually I think I think this is a good achievement because everybody, you know, you should be rewarded for watching the credits and recognizing the wonderful, talented people that worked for years to bring you a game. So did Assassin's Creed have uh, an achievement for watching the credits? Was it Bioshock? Was it Crisis? Or was it Mass Effect? So obviously the first iteration, uh, Assassin's 1, Bioshock 1, Crisis 1, Mass Effect 1. I will go Stella's way first here today. Okay, okay, sorry. Can you run through the, the um, list again? Okay, cool. A, Assassin's Creed, B, Bioshock, C, Crisis. Pure coincidence that those all start with those yeah. same letters. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bioshock. Okay. Yeah. We have Miranda and Stella tied at six points, Destin with five. So depending on how things shake out, we could have a three-way tie. <laughs> First, I'm going to go to Miranda. I do not. With Bioshock. Okay, I do not know this answer. I'm going to go A, Assassin's Creed, as a guess. All right. Again, I no no judgment here. I did not. I played all, I finished all four of these games, and I do not remember the answer to this. Destin, your thoughts? I got all the achievements in Assassin's Creed, and I remember the most annoying one being the feathers because <laughs> and the flags because they weren't tracked. I had to like create a Photoshop doc and press put dots every time I found one. Um, I think it's Bioshock. I feel like that's something that they would do to like highlight the people that worked on the product. And I just want to leave a real quick note: watch the credits of the first Mass Effect because that song. Uh, I th it's either font or haunts. Anyway, it's an amazing oh, I think track. It was the first one. I think you had it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fonts. Is that right? Fonts. F A U N T S. Hold on, and, I'm gonna look. In the original going. Mass Effect, and man, sometimes I just start jamming out to that song. <laughs> but my answer is B, Bioshock. Okay. Uh, all right. So you're going with Bioshock, and you say you you. I also finished. got all. I also got all the achievements in the original Mass Effect. And like there were tricks you could do where you could cast your abilities on the Mako and, and things <laughs> like that, but I don't remember there being a credits one. Okay, I feel uh, like that's yeah, a you, Bioshock. You said font, right? F A U N T. S. Yeah, font. Singular, no S. Font. Uh, okay. What, what it looks like it, well, it's here, so. excellent. But yeah, good memory there. And yes, that you've reminded me that was super awesome. All right, uh, we do have a correct answer, and it is Miranda. It was an <gasps> Assassin's Creed. Oh, I knew Assassin's Creed. They have, long, oh. they have long credits. They do. Well, I yeah. have that achievement. Oh my God. Yeah. Miranda, seven. Stella, six. Destin, five. Still a very tight race as the second half of 2022 gets going here. Thank you to Julian, the gluten free gamer. And <laughs> if anybody else wants to send in an Xbox trivia question, please do. See if you can stump the panel. It's got to be something reasonable that it can't be so obscure that nobody would could possibly know it. But give me, you know, give me something good. The email address to send it to is unlocked at ign.com. Include your question, include four multiple choice answers, include the correct answer, note the correct answer, and don't forget your name and if you'd like your gamer tag as well, which I will read uh, on the air here if I choose your question. And with that, let's uh, let's get out of here. But first, a chance to do a little little uh, ego-free self-promotion of what you might be working on. Stella, you first. 
Sure. Um, like I mentioned, I was at ALGS this last weekend. Um, so our, I am hosting the Compete Fix, and that has actually been moved to Tuesdays. So if you want more Stella after, or bef actually, yeah, we're going to do Compete Fix before Unlocked comes out usually. So if you want some Stella before Unlocked comes out, um, I'll be hosting all of your most up-to-date esports news on Tuesdays. So um, yeah, that is what I am going to be promoting. So yeah. <laughs> so Stella two for Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Miranda, what are you up to? Um, if you guys haven't already, the Redfall interview is finally published. I did that on Saturday morning, I think. It is very long, so if you might get a little snack, a little drink if you want to read more about Redfall. I'm very proud of it, and it took a long time. Shout out to Dan for editing that behemoth. Thank you. <laughs> uh, nice work on that. That is a lot of, lot of great information on Redfall in there, so everybody looking forward to that one should check it out. Destin? I'm looking at my Assassin's Creed achievements, and I finished the Templars last. I believe there were 100 Templars, and the flags were super annoying. But uh, I'm bummed. There's a bunch of secret stuff at the end of AC1 that I was really excited about at the time uh, that is showing, like, around the credits. Anyway, uh, yeah, you can check out uh, my cookies over at LeGarryBakery.com. <laughs> you can check me out on Twitter, at DestinLeGarry, and sometimes I do YouTube. I've been doing them less lately because, like, nothing's happening, but YouTube.com slash Destin channel. And, uh, of course, IGN. I got some IGN stuff. I went into the studio the other day, so that'll be coming out soon. Yeah. Fantastic. All good. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, what am I working on right now? I guess I'm just working on this show. And then some other, my usual just, like, spreadsheet management of other projects going on that's not exciting to the uh, to the audience. But, yeah, you can always chat with me. Talk Xbox on Twitter, if that is of interest to you. Otherwise, just go read Miranda's. That's the thing I would like to promote. Go read Miranda's Harvey Smith interview. And that's uh, yeah, just, just like she said, just grab a snack, grab a nice drink, settle in for a good read, and uh, soak up that Redfall information. For Super Producer Red, Miranda, Stella, and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked 552. We'll see you guys next week.